0: a show dedicated to athletic development. We believe that we are one team with one fight. True Grind's mission is to empower athletes by using the weight room to teach the mindset and mental fortitude to succeed on and off the field, where we focus on developing powerful quality movements, understanding intent over intensity, and mastering the concept of lead small, where we share the unvarnished truth, even if common sense tells us otherwise. Your host is Brandon Jeneca owner of True Grind Systems, a sports performance gym in Austin, Texas.
1: Hey, what's going on? This is Bobby Tewksbury. I'm here with Brandon Janeka. We're at True Grind at a, Brandon's facility. We're going to talk about hip hinge as it relates to the swing. I'm a hitting guy. He's a strength guy. Uh, we've been collaborating for the last six months to a year. Um, I've been implementing movement screens at my location. Brandon's been working on a huge resource for hip hinge. So we're gonna talk about that right now. I'm gonna grill him about hip hinge, um, the variations we see, what it means to the swing, how he trains it. We're just gonna dig into it. You ready? I love it, yes. That's gonna be loud. So um, I did a movement screen with uh, a high school back home. And I sent you a picture. I did I was doing groups of three it was a, it was a group format, so I was doing three kids at a time so I had one, two, three kids across and I sent you like three or four different pictures because I had 20 kids and I just t- I was taking screenshots to send it to you and one kid was like one kid was like, "This, one kid was like, this. how many different variations do you see with hinges?
0: like just ballpark um Including the correct one, probably six. Uh, I mean, six like, I, six I, I, buckets. I, I got about six different categories that okay. that 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 make up the uh, the hinge uh, variations that, that I see on a on a regular the, basis. The spectrum of the hinge. spectrum of, of the hinge. Good. Um,
1: so uh, I'm going to try to think. I'm going to try to label them because I've I've seen hundreds of kids now do it. You see the just the super rounded back. Yep, rounding the upper back. That's that's yeah. the the neck like the neck hinge yep. where they just like eh, yeah um you see too much anterior pelvic anterior tilt. tilt you see knee bend
0: mm-hmm. with no hinge mm-hmm. um what are the other ones those are the big ones that i see yep so you missed two uh you almost got the neck one that i really count that when they bend their upper back the okay. neck automatically will go forward to counterbalance the uh the, the back going back yeah. um, but really we'll see excessive neck extension so they'll be they'll do okay. that old-school um, method of, of training that was taught in the 80s and 90s uh, of looking up when they lift yeah. um, um, through new technology and, and, and new development that's that's not an ideal uh way of of hinging the other one is you said anterior pelvic tilt it's the posterior pelvic tilt okay, so, so it's tucking it, yeah it's tucking the tail yeah but but those five so we have rounding the upper back uh neck excessive neck extension anterior pelvic tilt posterior pelvic tilt yep. and bending the knees or squatting the hinge Th- those are the five mistakes you uh, add on the correct hinge and we have six different variations, uh, variations uh, of that the hinge itself So the way that
1: I typically explain it to parents is if you're not hinging correctly, you're not engaging muscles that are important for athletic movement. Can you go into detail about what that means? Because I'm technically not qualified to answer that question from a certification standpoint, but I I have an understanding of it. Like you see it as from an infielder standpoint. We have a parent back home where I explain it to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I just tell the kids to get ready. Like well, one kid's get ready might be that super rounded yeah. position, and that's not athletic. So what muscles are actually being engaged and why is it so
0: important? Yeah, um, so getting ready. The, yeah, when, when when a coach says get ready, they're looking for a hinge. That motion of, of when when the player sits back into their to their hips, drops their glove, the posture's neutral, that's what they're looking for. It is the hip hinge. The hip hinge is just a fundamental movement that, that we use on a day-to-day basis that that activates the back side of our body. It activates the big power-producing engines posterior that, chain. that we have, otherwise known as the posterior chain. Yep. Um, in this case, we're mainly talking about the hamstring glutes and then uh, our back muscles mm-hmm. as well. Um, Would that include lats going yes. Up? Yep. Yes, okay. that's definitely part of the, the posterior chain. Lats are a big player in the game. But, but yeah, just getting those guys Activating, getting those guys ready to produce force. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, 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 common analogy that, that I use a lot inside the gym is, is, is backhanding, right? Everyone knows the motion of, of a backhand slap. Mm-hmm. Um, when you bend your elbow, you hinge your elbow. Okay. And that, that is to load the back of the arm, your mm-hmm. tricep. And then when you go to, to backhand, you extend the elbow and you you fire through the object right. of whatever you're backing. Same thing with our hips. When we when we hinge our hips backwards, we're activating the backside of that of that joint of mm-hmm. our hips, uh, our, our glutes and, ham, and hamstring, and then we extend our hips, and, and those muscles are, yeah. are are triggered, fired, mm-hmm. and, and more force is able to produce. It's without doing that, it's like backhanding with a stiff arm. You, you, you just know you're backhanding and just staying loose right. and
1: not having any engagement. Correct. And, and so there's got to be some... You need, you need some tension to, to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. You need, there's some element of stiffness and control to deliver that force. Because if I just like loose-armed it, it's not right. going to hurt. So you have to have stability
0: and that's where, to be able to control it. And that's where the core comes into play, uh, 100%. Uh, if we activate our backside without controlling our pelvis we don't control our body and we're not going to produce any, any force. So we must control our core. We must, and by core, uh, really talking about the, the pelvis and spine mm-hmm. using our, our abdominal muscles and, and, surrounding muscles to, to control that. Cause you're exactly right. If you don't, if you don't have that down, the, the, the analogy that I like to use, especially with hitters is, is, swinging a bat where the, where the handle and the barrel is connected by string. You just have no rigidity right in the middle of your body to transfer force yeah. and you're not going to produce power and you're probably going to get, end up getting hurt.
1: One thing I, when I go to professional games, the thing that strikes me the most about the players is just how stable they are. They're so in control of their bodies. That's, like they just, it's, I remember watching uh, like Derek Jeter one time they were in Boston and I was just watching him move and he was so precise with like, even just his walk, He just had so much control and he was he was so precise and could do whatever he needed to do because then like anything he needed to do with reaching or squatting or or moving he just had stability Mm -hmm. and it was so obvious um the when we talk about the hinge i think one thing i I like to do is i I have kids point like touch your hips Mm -hmm. I'm like that's not where we're hinging, and I think that's a very common mistake. Is kids will fold at the waist right. instead of the hip, right. which is the joint, acetabulum, right. femoral head. How, what, how do you explain that to people? Because that's anatomy, and if you're trying to teach anatomy to a 12-year-old, that's a
0: challenge. So yeah. what's what's your approach with that? Um, for the athletes who just want to reach straight down, uh, I cue them more of a. I'm looking for a push back. Okay. Okay. so really what I'll do is I'll put them uh, backside facing the wall and and we can really work how we're pushing back. I I can have that cue of of pushing the hips back and and touching the wall. Um, If they still want to if they still want to reach down, um, I can cue them to touch higher up on the wall and that will cue their 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 back to stay a little bit more rigid, a little Mm. bit more neutral posture and their hips from from tucking. Yeah. from tucking their tail, their 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 backside will stay um, uh, in a lot better position as yeah. as the hips go back. But but absolutely, that's that's a very common common mistake. You you ask a player to to hinge their hips and, and they they literally just go straight down. They have no awareness control to move their hips backwards while maintaining a neutral posture, and that's a very difficult thing. And it's not their fault. It's yeah. It, it's really society and it's just it's just setting kids up for for that that lazy pelvic control. You know, mm-hmm. chairs with backs, you know, do do a lot to our to our ability to hold ourselves upright. It, it eliminates it. You don't you just slouch back. It's you don't yeah. and you know, spending all that time in class, no one's gonna hold themselves up for that long when when they have a back to, to lean against, you know, it's just and, and it's nobody's fault, but at the same time, we have to be proactive about fixing it. We have to make sure that the, that, that movement is not lost. And, and through today's society, it's, it's easily lost. And if we lose it, not only are we leaving, leaving tons of power on the table, um, but we're putting ourselves at a higher risk of injury, you know, without the backside to not only produce the force, but also absorb the force. Mm-hmm. You know, Being a frontside athlete, your, your knees are going to take a beating, uh, your ankles and hips. They're, they're just, they're not, you're not going to be able to use the bigger muscles to absorb that impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially with baseball, which is a super one-sided violent sport. The the motions that, that baseball demands are, are insanely complex and and insanely hard on a joint by joint basis on the body. And if we don't have everything working, um, uh, synonymous or 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 synergistically, in yeah, don't ask me to spell it um, uh, with each other. Then, then injuries are, 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 you know, it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. When is your body going to break down? Because the sport is too hard on a joint by joint basis yep. for that not to happen. Yeah, uh, it's 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 just a tough sport. Let's uh, let's shift
1: a little bit to the technology side of this. Okay, so. Using k-motion with hitters, one of the things that I see with guys that really do damage, that really hit the ball hard, is they have increased pelvic tilt as rotation begins. So they're, they're increasing how much they're hinged as their turn is initiating. That's something that's very hard to teach. So in terms of just awareness with athletes, What's What kind of spectrum do you see with youth athletes versus... Because you, you go from youth all the way to pro. Mm-hmm. So awareness of, of, of body for a movement like I just described, where there's rotation and tilt happening simultaneously. That's an incredibly explosive move. Yeah. Where I think you're getting stretch shortening cycle engaged, where you're... It's like bending your knees before you jump, mm-hmm. but at the pelvis. Mm-hmm. So how would you how do you train awareness like what kind of variability i know i've seen i know you know, i know you use bands for stuff like that but when you start to get into different planes of movement cuz the hinge is pretty pretty one plane it's a single right, plane of movement right you're, right, not, right you're not going to the side you're not rotating it's i forget if it's sagittal or frontal but right sagittal, sagittal. yeah sagittal so how do you what what are good ways Or what have you seen, I guess, from an awareness standpoint and training standpoint for how to incorporate rotation into hinging type stuff? Because it gets pretty dynamic pretty quick. Yeah. You go to an eight-year-old baseball game and they're doing this. Right. But they're not really training it. There's a lack of awareness when there's no training and no stability. It's not consistent. Right. So then you get these dads that come in, oh, my kid's like popping everything up because he's got no control of his body. Right. So you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So where do you start?
0: Breathing, 100%. breathing, one hundred percent. Breathing. I would
1: venture to guess that almost nobody would expect you to have said that.
0: Breathing is 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 such a is such a key part to controlling that pelvis. Okay, in order to, to fully control the pelvis, and, and that's what separates that's what separates the youth from or or the JV from the varsity level, or from the youth to the whatever level to the next level. It's it's really how well they can control their their pelvis their their body in space and their in their proprioception and, and and their their kinematic sequencing and all these fancy words that just mean controlling your pelvis uh, and so first thing we do is we learn how to breathe okay okay so by I feel like I know how to breathe yeah but not for an athlete not for performance. Not for right? performance and breathing does so much breathing does so much for us not only does it does it keep us alive obviously but uh, getting sufficient oxygen helps us recover it gives us energy um, it does a lot of good things for us at, at, on that standpoint but what it also does for us is it, it is a key part to bracing our midsection. Okay. Bracing our core. Coach uh, me through that a little bit. So, so if, I'm,
1: if I'm just like being a wet noodle and I'm just kind of like sitting here and I let my stomach be loose a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, what, what am I? So you'd probably there's be. No, there's no like stability or anything. Right. You'd like be, you'd if you're, be chest- if you're li- sitting at home listening to this, you can sit and feel like a grumpy lizard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you oh, have I'm that. You jog. have that. Very, you can feel just like like a slug. Like right. just like nothing.
0: Right, very uh, depressed posture. Very Short. forward posture, and, and that that leads to a very shallow chest breath. Okay, okay, you're not, you can't open up. Okay, so the point of breathing is to use our diaphragm to to inhale air into our lungs. What's the diaphragm? Diaphragm is one of our main breathing muscles. We have we have a so, bunch of them. So.
1: My understanding is more, more like stomach. Is that, so I like to, you explain, you explain this is my understanding. It's more like filling the belly with air yes. versus
0: lifting the chest. Yes. Now obviously there's, the air does not go into the belly, it goes into the lungs, yep. but the diaphragm is, it sits, it's a muscle that, that sits horizontally mm-hmm. right underneath our, uh, right underneath our, our uh, cavity. And that when it, when it contracts it, it goes down into our belly and that's that's the, that's that, that expansion. Okay. And so when we, when we create that pressure, okay, that's, that's called intra-abdominal pressure, uh, pressure inside the abdominal cavity and that it's, it's air pressure plus muscle contraction gives us core stabilization. It gives us the ability to control our pelvis, to immobilize mm-hmm. to it. Um, if you don't have breathing, you're, you're missing half the equation. Uh, we got We got to get that breathing under control. What also it's going to do chest breathing is going to put us into little mini hyper back extensions. Okay. Okay. And so if we can imagine doing an extreme extension of the lumbar back where you're like this, imagine swinging the bat with this posture. No chance. No chance. You feel your back tightening up uh, already. Just thinking about it. You yeah. can feel back spasms already. So every degree off neutral is a degree towards that, and and we bleed power and make ourselves more vulnerable to injury. Okay, so after we get the breathing, now we work on the muscle contraction, okay? So now we're working on the brace, okay? The first two steps of, 100% of my exercises are breathe brace, okay? Get the the big diaphragmatic in, Mm -hmm. okay? Breathe low into the belly, feel your abdominal cavity expand 360 degrees around, then we wanna brace. Okay, so the brace there, there's many different different ways to 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 communicate the brace and, and all of them are right, at the same time all of them are wrong. It just it's just a matter of, of, of matching that cue to, to the right athlete. But basically what we want to do is contract our muscles. Around our, around our midsection mm-hmm. to help stabilize our spine. And, and that's what we're trying to do is we're using the pelvis to stabilize the spine. We can think of the spine as like a big cell tower. You've seen a cell tower with lines coming off of it? Yep. Those are called guy lines. And, and that's what our surrounding musculature does. That's what the, the muscles around our spine, they, they contract and what they do is they stabilize the structure, our mm-hmm. spine, that tall structure, and it pulls, pulls the spine towards the pelvis. You can think of the pelvis as the ground. Okay, and then the spine's coming off of that. And then what we're doing is we're just creating tension, equal tension, mm-hmm. 360 degrees around, to help stabilize and create uh, stability in this big, tall structure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and when you're talking about producing force on a rotational basis, it's absolutely vital to have that, that stability, that control. Um, without it, you're... you're yeah. So you would you would take you would start like an eight year old with breathing. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And a first time pro athlete, you would start with breathing. One
0: hundred percent.
1: Even because if they don't have that pattern, no, it's, it's big, like the whole you need a foundation before you build a house, right? If you don't have that, right? And, and, and I, for and for hinging, if you don't have the stability, there's no there's no platform to hinge right. effectively. Right. Yeah. It makes just, sense. You,
0: you you're not going to create that that Rigidity in the core to yep. hinge effectively.
1: Yeah. From a uh, from a like on field performance standpoint, like what do you what would you look for for a hitter or just a baseball player that does hinge well? Like what kind of
0: things would you see for somebody that does it well versus versus doesn't hinge well? Well, I tell I tell all my athletes that if you're going to pay attention to one thing. It's where your weight is distributed on your foot. Okay. Okay. That's, that's how the foot uh, communicates or or, or <laughs> uh, just how it connects to the ground is, is a huge indicator of what's going on through the rest of the, of, of the structure. Um, I want athletes to have an even weight distribution amongst their feet when we're squatting, hinging, mm-hmm. doing anything like that. I, for the most part, I want an even weight distribution. So when I'm on, when I'm watching a baseball game, when I'm watching hitters at the plate, when they get into their load, I'm looking to see what does that foot do. Mm-hmm. Okay, does do I see that the um, that the heel, the inside heel, comes up, or do I see the inside toe come up, or maybe the maybe the outside part of the heel comes up, and, and you can make tons of um, legit. Correlations with just watching the feet and how they interact with the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I see from a hitting
1: standpoint, you see so much stuff and variations with the feet that the more I dig into it, the more it's tied to the body and how they're trying to move that's maybe their foot's not in an ideal spot, so they might crank on it or they might
0: get on their toes and it definitely shows up. Yeah, well, it, it allows us, you know, like... Huh. We I always mention this. It, it, it's the balance. Okay, the hinging. What the hinging does is it activates our posterior chain. It gets our big big guys in the in the game. Uh, but at the same time, we can over hinge. We can hinge so much that we'll see the 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 front toe, the big toe, come off the ground. And that means we're so much on our backside that now we're trying to now we're trying to balance on I don't know the outside part of our heel maybe. of our foot is touching the ground. Yeah. And when you're trying to do a violent unwind of a swing, that's like trying to shoot a cannon balancing on one wheel. I mean, it's just going to be a reckless... It's going to be tough to be consistent. Yeah. And it's going to be insanely tough to be consistent and dangerous. And dangerous. And and so, you know, seeing that, well, we need to get the the internal rotators, the adductors in the game, Mm -hmm. which are kind of the opposite side of the body. So, so it, it... it comes down to a balance, but, um, earlier this year, um, a few months ago, I I went in and I did all of my, I looked at all my assessments and it was, uh, it was about a hundred assessments of high school, um, 12 to 18 year olds. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, and I took all those and I just looked at the hinge box of my assessment and they either got a pass fail. Was there, was it a good hinge or was it not a good hinge? Okay. So out of hundred and something athletes, um, 35% had a good hinge. Wow. Okay. then I did the same thing with my collegiate athletes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 18 to 22 year olds. And you know, this, these college athletes range from Juco D3 to D1. Um, but they, we had 80%. That's solid. 80%, 35% of youth athletes could hinge effectively when they walked in. Okay, and 80% of college athletes could hinge effectively. It's a massive then, gap. Yeah. And then I did the pros, okay, which I believe mid 20s, 27, I think, uh, 26, 27 uh, athletes, and, and they had uh, 82% of them could hinge effectively. Yeah. And so we're seeing this, this massive jump of levels. You go from high school to the collegiate level, that's a massive jump. A lot of people fall off. It's big.
1: That's, and that's I wonder,
0: significant. you know, the 35% that could hinge effectively in high school, What percent? Uh, are, are, are those the ones going to college? Yeah. You know, it's,
1: it's, you need some time for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's i uh, will I'll, I'll get that. I'll yeah. get that data for sure. But, um, but it's a, it's a big question to me right now. It's one of the big things uh, that I want to find out is yeah. who, who is going to the next level and what do they do movement and strength wise? And so I know what to, to focus on. And that's, that's yeah. you know, that we're just trying to find those correlations of those metrics. Are you in that 35% that's going to make it? <laughs> I can properly hinge. I don't know if I still got it. To, <laughs> it's one thing to hit a ball off the tee, but if you get a guy trying to get me out, yeah. I don't know if I
1: can handle a 92. They, they say it's like, what, 10% of high school players go to college at, so, at any level. So if 35% can hinge well, and 80% of them at the next level... You're dealing with 10% to begin with. Yep. And only 35% can hinge well, and 80% the next level. I'm not going to do the math effectively right now, but you want to be in that. If you if you want to be on one side or the other, you want to be in the hinge category. Yeah. Can hinge. Yeah. That's great. Uh, So you've got uh, a big resource you've put together. Yes. Guide hinge guide. What's it called?
0: Yeah, um, it is called uh, Master the Move: Unlocking Power on the Baseball Field. And this a uh, free resource. Free resource. It's an ebook. Who it's is a- it for? It is for anybody looking to improve their game on the baseball field. Um, I wrote it for for youth athletes, but as well as parents. It, it's a it's a comprehensive about
1: coaches. Is this coaches with- could absolutely? A, could a coach
0: download this? And apply it to their team. 100, uh, 100. Because
1: the coaches are important. Because the coaches is like the hub. The coaches, they're one on twelve sometimes. I think I having think a resource so they can get their players moving better is
0: going to pay it, huge dividends. If you're if you're a coach trying to teach something mechanical, trying to teach a skill, and you don't know if your athlete can hinge effectively, you've missed a step. it's just a it's a primitive foundational movement that must take place in order to it's awesome effectively produce efficiently produce power awesome where is this resource available Um, it is available uh, online through our website Um, you can go to my social media I'll have a link uh, to my twitter and to my um, link above below sideways swipe up uh, on my Instagram no in my profile on my Instagram yep. you can that's a joke on on
1: YouTube they, they, they check the, the link in the box above yeah. swipe up <laughs> Gary V going like this I love that man he's a good dude It's fiery um, so available on your website I'll be sending it out to my list so so it's, it's a resource that I've seen it's good I need people to see it because it helps it makes my job easier if a hitter comes to
0: me and they can hinge it makes my life
1: easier uh, and one
0: of the one of the most frustrating things that I see in youth sports today is when, when a coach is working with a youth athlete and they're trying to get them to do something, and, and do the it. athlete can't do it. Not Physic- physically, physically, not. physically, not even from a mechanical standpoint. Right. They physically they can't They physically can't do it. it. And so now they're beating their heads up against the wall. The, ki- the, 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 the athlete wants to please the coach. The, the athlete's getting frustrated, and, and the coach is getting frustrated, and then it becomes... A destructive frustration that that ends up being not fun. And now it makes it nothing's fun. Yeah, and that's that's heartbreaking That's heartbreaking because this game is supposed to be fun Especially at the lower level and, and just by teaching a primitive movement pattern Away from the field. Yeah, this is stuff they can kids if they if they get assessed, they can do this at home. Oh, what is corrective download exercises. the book and you can assess yourself. One hundred percent. You go through all the mistakes and you can see where you where you match up. It's awesome.
1: So yeah, good. Well, thanks for hosting me. Yeah, as I host you here at True Grind. <laughs> um, check out the, the we'll get the link to you somewhere and download, we'll check it out, and make you a better player, make you a better athlete, really. So,
0: good job. Absolutely. Thank take, you. Take care. Thank you for listening. To learn more about True Systems, go to truegrindsystems.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share us with your friends.